If you've got your Bibles, rock those to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, shout out to Pastor Miata uh, and the word that she brought last week. Um, she was the um, caring auntie, and I'm the crazy uncle. With the mismatched socks and the Velcro shoes, that's me. Crazy uncle. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to get into here today. We are going to be stepping into a continuation of a series where we're trying to give you a theology of suffering. In a world where we live in, where the theme and idea of suffering is one where it's um, karma-centric, if you will. You do good and you get good. If you do bad, then you'll get bad. And for most people, when they step into seasons where they are punched in the face with suffering, they have no place to go outside of, I must have done something bad. And so what we're trying to do as the church is we're trying to equip you with a hope that you have in every space of suffering that you go through. And not just for you, but we're hoping that this is a series that is transferable, that you will be able to capture the heart of it, um, find yourself in 1 Peter, wrestle with the text and be able to have something fresh, clear, powerful, Christ-centered to offer to your neighbors. Like this is what we're trying to do. And so we find ourselves in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Um, we have, in chapter 1, we have been walking through what God in Christ has done for the believer. He's given us a living hope. He has given us resurrection. He has given us a faith that comes from Jesus himself. And then on top of that, he's given us holiness. Be holy as I am holy. He's the one that creates it. He empowers us to, to be what we're created to be. But then he goes on as he actually says that in verses 23 to 25, he talks about how we're born again of imperishable seed from the living, abiding word of God. And that when we heard that word, namely the gospel, now it awakens us to a life that God in Christ has extended to us. Like this is all that Peter is saying that God in Christ has done for you and I. But then he pivots in chapter 2, and he, he now changes it up where he goes, okay, um, we, we've talked about what God in Christ has done for you, but now let's talk about what does it look like for you to be a fire-resistant people that endures any fire? That now, now what he's going to do is he's going to now pivot and talk about the church, the power of community. He's going to make some bold statements that you and I will not endure unless we now find ourselves running to the space that God in Christ has created, namely the church, for us to be now welded together with one another to be able to endure and to, and, and to, and to find uh, not just traction, but find gospel perspective. So this is what Paul, I'm sorry, Peter is going to help us with. So I want to title this fireproof. I want to rip off Pastor Miata's title from last week, and I want to continue this bad boy. Fireproof becoming a fire-resistant community. Fireproof becoming a fire-resistant community. Is that even possible? Stand as we read the word. So put away 
All malice and all guile and all hypocrisy and envy and all deceit and like newborn babes long for the pure spiritual milk of the word of God that you may grow in respect to your salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Coming to him as to a living stone, choice and precious in his sight, rejected by men. I'm sorry, missed it. Dang it. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask for your word to form us. Lord, we need to run to community, to run to the very place that you have created for our safety. Lord, will you change the way we see the church? that this is not an enemy. Lord, community and openness and transparency is not something we have to resist. Lord, you're inviting us to be able to, 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 to face the fire through now the power and, and the invitation of real community. Lord, we, we ask that you would soften our hearts as we consider this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Do you have a best worst car? best, worst car. Um, when I was in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, just married to my beautiful bride, we had no money. Um, we were given a car that, was, that broke down, and so we were, we, we were in need of one. And um, a dear woman decided she wanted to give me a 1986 Honda Accord hatchback that didn't quite have a color, so I called it rusty. Um, now, I've got a picture. Now, that is a, that's a clean version. That's like the souped-up version based off of what I had. This, this thing, um, it had some quirks to it. Let me walk you through a few of these quirks. Uh, one, it had no AC. So that's nice in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina in the summer. Fuel line leaked, which meant that the smell of gas combined with the heat in the car, created a nice little aroma. It got onto my clothes every place that I went. Um, and then on top of that, it smoked. Now, it wasn't smoking hot. It just, it smoked. It, like, smoked. You would park it, you would leave, and you'd look behind. Nice little residues. So uh, what I discovered is that the top to the oil tank was missing. And so now, you, you know, you had, you had some gaps in this uh, 1986. I mean, it was like, it was a ticking time bomb. I mean, this thing was about ready to blow at any moment. Well, um, I was a youth pastor at the time, and so um, I loved, I lived right down the street from a Bojangles. Uh, if you know anything about Bojangles, um, the South has given us two things. It's given us uh, you and all, also known as y'all, and it's given us Bojangles. Uh, and Bojangles is the place, if, if we don't, many of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Just go south of Richmond, and if you see anything called Bojangles, just, just try, try the chicken. And, and yeah, there's a sweet tea. I mean, there is all types of things that you can try Bojangles. Bojangles. And so I'm at Bojangles, and, um, and I, I, I'm with a young t a student, and I'm discipling him, and we've got our Bibles open, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying something with passion. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody step into 
the vicinity of this Bojangles at 6.30 in the morning. Somebody's car is smoking. And, and I said, um, hey, man, it's okay. It smokes all the time. That's so actually how, how I said it. And, and he said, no, man, like your car's on fire. So I, like the youth pastor I was, was like, Hold on, I gotta go take, I gotta see about a car on fire. So I, I go and I discover like the car was engulfed in flames. And, and I'm staring at this, I mean, like someone had called, a few people had called 911 and they, and they were rushing to this vehicle and, and they put it out. But I found myself in this crazy space where. I had a vehicle that at the, at the end of the day, I mean, what had happened is that, is that there was some gaps combined with some pressure and, and the leaks, and it took just a little bit for that thing to get engulfed. And I am, I'm found, like I'm stranded without a vehicle, without a way to get to my destination. See, what, what Peter is, I think what he's trying to say to us is that in a world that this early church lived in where there was pressure at every corner. They were overwhelmed with tension on the inside and on the outside. And what Peter's greatest fear was, was there was going to be cracks in the dimensions of this church. There was going to be spaces that that, man, there were some caps missing here and leaks there. And, and it's just, it's not working the way it's supposed to here. And so what Peter is, is saying is that we have a risen Savior who has done, who has extended himself to give you new life. And that very power now wants to work inside of this community called the church to create a fire-resistant people. He wants to do this. And what... And I, I think for many of us, we, we hear this, and, and this is, this is going to push on some of our pain. This is going to push on some of the spaces where we have been hurt in the past, where we wonder, is this a place that can be trusted? Is, is this a place where I can be transparent and I can come and give all of me? And, and what Peter is going to say in these few verses is he saying, man, the way, like, the only way that we are going to make it in this space is if we have some, some ways, a culture, a way of operating and living that now revolves around three things. It's a, it's a people that are, are now coming and they are drinking of the spiritual milk of the word of God, but they're doing it in community. A, a, a people who are now being formed by God in Jesus as a spiritual house, in spite of their diversity. You see, what Peter's doing is he is now inviting this church into unity, not uniformity. Uniformity is, man, we've all been there. Churches, you step in and everybody's got the same khakis on. Everybody's, you know, like, man, everybody's the same. That's uniformity. You can have unity in uniformity. That's easy. Man, what Peter is saying, he's talking to an eclectic, diverse group of people, and he's saying, no, 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 we're going to have diversity and unity in the midst of it. And he's going to say, he's going he's to like walk us through the fact that, that God has now 
built a church where he's going to take you as living stones and he's going to build you next to someone else who's not like you at all. In the process of shaving you just the right way to fit you with someone else, that is going to create fire inside of you, but that fire will allow for a people that God is building to be resistant of the fires from outside. And, and then, and then what he's going he's to go on and he's going to say, no, no, it's not just about you being built into a spiritual house. I want you to, to now be a people who offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable. Like this is, what, this is what Peter is saying. This is the hope that we have as we, consider, as we begin to wade into this reality of we are called to be a fire-resistant people. This is what we're called to be. And this is what we've been, man, we've been working to build this way for over 40 years. And it's hard. It's hard. But here's, I, again, when, when most of us, when we think about now living a life dependent upon one another and our dependency upon one another is a reflection of our dependency on God himself. And so now for many of us, we think about the, the invitation to dependency and we instantly go, we get nervous. Like we, we go, we get really nervous really, really fast. I, I love what Robert Bella, this is what he says. American culture, cultural traditions define personality, achievement, and the purpose of human life in ways that leave the individual suspended in glorious but terrifying isolation. This clear-sighted vision of each individual's ultimate self-reliance turns out to leave very little place for interdependence and to correspond to a fairly grim view of the individual's place in the social world. Self-reliance is a, is a virtue that implies being alone. So we, we live in a world where you're told, do you? And we do. And then guess what? We are so, we are so overwhelmingly alone, but not just alone, we, are, we now lead with mistrust. We don't trust authority. We don't trust the communities that we're put in. We assume the worst. We're, we assume that someone's going to weaponize uh, our transparency against us. I mean, we, we go on and on and on. And so we, we now constantly have a, a, a level of resistance and a stiff arm. And we're unwilling to take that step of now opening intimacy, allowing somebody to see into you. Love what Graham Tomlin, he says this, freedom may offer personal independence, but what does it do to our relationships with each other? It makes me think of my neighbor as at best a limitation, but at worst a threat to my freedom. We're, be, we're splintering as a culture into tribalization. We're, we're isolating as a result of demonization. You don't agree with me? It's not that we just believe different things. It's that I believe I'm better than you because I believe a, 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 a truth that, that I believe is, is now completely different and ultimately is higher than where your, what, what your perspective is. So with, with Peter, what he is doing here is he's trying to now um, help us see the, the beauty of the bride of Christ, that Jesus takes his bride very seriously. I mean, if someone were to say to me, Corey, I like you, but your wife is no good. Exactly. 
Like, like if someone were to say, Corey, I am down for hanging out with you, but I don't think I can be around your wife. Like, the emotions that come up with that. What does Jesus feel about people who say, I want to be with you, Jesus, but I hate your bride. I don't trust her. I don't think that I can be around her. I'll take you all day long, but I'm going to leave your bride on the side of the road every time. Like, like that makes, like, how does that make any sense? And so what Peter is trying to lovingly help us enter into a space where we are now, we, we are allowing for people to come around us and now we are being built together to live a life where we are now, man, in the midst of so much fire, we are resistant. He starts with this. He says, long for the pure spiritual milk. Long for the pure spiritual milk. The text starts with the word so, which is a connector for everything or the verses that come right before it. And, and in verses 23 to 25, what we're told, what Peter says to us, is that now what we have is we have, uh, we, we, we have a living and abiding word of God that has now created new life for us. And what we're brought into in that new life is now a commitment, a culture, an oxygen of loving one another. Like, like this is what he is saying we are now made for and made to actually accomplish. We're, we come out of the word and now we live into that word by loving others. And so he says, long for the pure spiritual milk. And, and I, I'm, I'm intentionally skipping verse one and going right into verse two because at the heart of this whole theme is you've got to ask you, well, what is the spiritual milk? Like what, what is he talking about? Well, you can, you can basically, you can begin to connect spiritual milk with verses 22 and 23 that talk about how we are now born as a result of the word. In fact, this, this, this Greek word spiritual, it comes from the root word logos, the word. And so now what Paul's, what Peter is saying is he's saying like the way by which we now enter into this, this, this community that is, that now is, is in the midst of all of the fire that we're going to live a resistant life is now we allow for people to help us and point us to how we embrace, receive, and drink deep the spiritual milk of the word of God. How do we respond to it? What is the key word that he says? He says, crave it, long for it. One theologian said that this is the key word, the key imperative. It's a command, means that it's not optional. It's the key imperative of the, of the entire book, long, crave. I mean, if you've ever had a wife who've had a first child, cravings come out of nowhere. Uh, my beautiful bride, she craved KFC, mashed potatoes, and mac and cheese. Uh, I mean, when she craved something, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. My response is to get up and go. And so at 10 o'clock, she knew what time all of the KFCs in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina closed. She knew. And she, her job was she obeyed her cravings, and I helped her with that. So, and like... Like what she longed for, again, you long for what you love. And so what, what P- 
Peter is saying is he's saying, look, this is how we begin to endure. This is how, how we, we begin to, to now, in the midst of so much resistance, we can be fire resistant. Is that as we begin to come together, we gather around the word, we now encourage one another in their longings. Because you may be asking, well, Corey, I don't long for the word of God. I don't have a desire for it. Corey, how does that even come about? Now, I mean, we, we, we've all seen, you know, just the, the push, the um, promotion of all of these workouts that are out there that you, you gather together in sweaty rooms and people who hate working out somehow get pulled in because it's in community. I mean, there, there's, there's like a, this trap. There's like a momentum that as long as you're doing it with someone else, you'll be able to do what you don't want to do. And so what we're being told here is that now there is, it's possible because you have a new birth, a new life, with that new birth comes new cravings. And so we need one another to help us begin to stir up and spur on cravings that we may not have now. And so, so the, the best way to do this is to find yourself in a small group where you are shoulder to shoulder with someone else who is now helping you open, crack open this book to be able to now long for it, to have a new perspective of it. He says, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word that you may grow. When you read it, you will grow. I mean, we've got tons and tons of supplements like creatine. Yeah, yeah, if, okay. If, you, if you're a guy in college, if you were in college, you probably tried this. Uh, cre creatine is a supplement that, man, it works. The only problem is it may kill you in the process, right? Like that, but it, it, there is a guarantee that you put this in, you follow the instructions, it will produce growth. How much more this book that is just, it will not kill you. It may kill certain parts of you that need to die, but at the end of the day, this thing, what this does is this guarantees a growth. Not just a growth of strength, but it says like a growth of maturity. It says so that you will grow up. Like, like what if the greatest thing that you need is to crack open this thing so you can begin to grow up? to grow up in the way you treat your bride, to grow up in the way that you see your, 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 your kids, to grow up in the way in which you see yourself in the way that you're designed to be, not a victim. Like what if this were to be cracked open where you grow up in your strength, but you grow up into your maturity, grow up into salvation. I mean, I mean if you, like my, I've, got, I've got sons and my youngest, Jeremiah, was always, he's always wanting to wear his brother's clothes. Like, like, the, like there's, he's wanting to, to see, I want to, I, 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 I like those clothes and I'm, I'm wondering how much longer do I have to grow in order for me to wear my brother's clothing? Do you realize that we have in Jesus a big brother who has designed clothing for you? Clothing of his nature and his character and who he is that the way by which we enter into that clothing is we grow up into our salvation. We allow this book in community, like in the spaces that are hard where you are reading something that you don't agree with, where you're reading something that you are not living out, and you, are, you have a safe space to be able to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not in this. 
I don't, I don't understand it, but it's not even that I don't understand it. Like, I don't want to understand it because I don't want to be responsible for living this thing out. Like, 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 this is where we begin to get binded together with one another in order for us to be able to endure the fires of the society around us. Like, this is what Peter is inviting us to. He says, man, spiritual milk. Do you have a desire for the word? Do you have someone who, can, who, you have, who has access to your heart that you can, you can begin to, to, to just acknowledge where you are in your spiritual growth and invite them to, to point you to taking next steps in how you not just read the book, but the book begins to read you? I mean, this is what I love so much about Lead Well, is that we are committed to helping you open up the spiritual milk of the word of God and allowing it to grow you up to strengthen you, to allow you to have what the nutrients that you need. I mean, like, I, I remember when Nathaniel was, was a, man, he was like five days old. And my man didn't want to drink milk. He wanted to suck on his thumb or his hand or my, he wanted every other possible resource except the only place where he could find life. And, and what happened? He got jaundice. He became orange. Like, do you realize when you don't grow in respect to your salvation through this book, do you realize that it begins to, to form and even it, it begins to, to remake and decreate the way that you're designed to live? And you'll find every other resource to try to get that life, but you will not grow. You will not grow. Like, this is... Being invited in, being invited in to a life, to a rhythm, to a momentum, to not just a moment when things are bad, but a lifestyle where you are running to one another to help being, to, to allow yourself to be helped as you root yourself in the spiritual milk of the word of God. And then he, go, he goes on, he says, and it's not just about spiritual milk, but now as you get the spiritual milk, that, that gives you the courage. Man, this milk allows you to crush malice and guile and envy and all deceit. Like, like this is like the trifecta. This is like, like a list of vices that will destroy community. Jealousy, malice, hypocrisy, deceit. You kidding me? Like what, like, like what Peter's saying is he's saying, man, I want you to drink this milk so that you'll have what you need to fight that, to resist it. And then to be in community, so like when you find things that are now beginning to crawl all over you, I had a conversation with a person yesterday, and, and I, he's just, this, this person was just kind of revealing some things that he was seeing, and I was studying this text. It says, put away all malice and guile and envy and, and deceit, and I just, we're put away, it's like to take soiled clothes and get rid of them. I just started to realize, man, there's some soiled clothing in my heart. I don't know where it's coming from, but this is, and I realized, again, I had the perspective to see because the spiritual milk is at work in my heart. And now I was like, you know what? Hold on. I've got to, I've got to repent. I've got to find a way to now take the clothing that is soiling my, whole, my soul and has the potential of creating disconnect and division. And I got to do something about that. Like this is, this, is, this is the power 
And in the vision that Peter is trying to give to us as we consider becoming a fire-resistant family. Man, my time is, is basically done. Um, he says, man, let's, I want you to be built into a spiritual house. He says, coming to him, living stone, rejected by men. I mean, just imagine if you're, if you're in first century and you're, you are in the region of modern-day Turkey and you're hearing this and you, you hear about a savior who was rejected by men just like you are. I mean, just, just imagine the hope that now fuels you that because you're, you're receiving the milk, now you want to come to him. It's present tense. Now, now as you come to him, the one who is now rejected by men, but he's choice and he's precious in the sight of God, he has now made you a living stone just like he is. Like, like here's, here's the beauty and the power and the hope that you and I have that as we come together, we are coming together to a rejected one who now offers hope to those, to the spaces within our own, own, own heart where there's rejection. He says, come to him. He says, but I want you to be built up into a spiritual house. I, first thing I thought of, is again, we're coming to a living stone. And in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah is building the wall, do you remember what Nehemiah used with stones to build that wall? He used burnt Stones. Stones have been cast away. Stones that have been overlooked. Stones that have been raised by an enemy. Left just to rot. But Nehemiah knew that burnt stones are the strongest stones. So he took burnt stones and he used burnt stones to build the wall. I really think that what Peter might be saying in this is he's saying... That, that the living stone has chosen you as a living stone, and he always chooses burnt stones. I mean, this is good news that, that he allows the fire to burn you. And even when you were the one that started the fire, and you lit your own self on, on, on fire, because I know I did, and you, you, you light yourself on fire and you burn yourself, and yet you have a God, a living stone, who chooses and makes us living stones, even when we're burnt stones. And guess what he does? He takes living stones and he puts those living stones, he puts them next to one another. Where now the spaces where you're burnt, help me. Places where I'm burnt, help you. Like this becomes now a space that what holds us together and what unifies us is the fact that we're all burnt and we all have become living stones by the living stone. This is, now this is where for all of us, I mean, we, we, we consider, but Corey, man, this is messy. Like this whole process of now doing life with someone who's not like me, doing life with someone who has nothing to do with me, or even being a welcoming place to people that meant they, they, they come in smelling burnt. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, like, I am so excited in the coming years for us to be a place where, where men and women who have encountered Jesus and are, are LGBTQ, and, but have given their heart to the king and are trying to discover what it's like to live into the sexual ethic 
and are trying to now, now find, find who, who is this king? How do I live with him? But then at the same time, sacrificing so much to now enter into this new story. And now we're being built together with, with them to be a safe place for, for them in the messiness of their journey. I mean, I, I think of so many singles who are overwhelmed with sexual opportunities and they're just trying so hard to live into holiness. They're trying, they're doing everything that they can. And I get an opportunity to build, be built with that. Oh my goodness. It's like, this is like, what an opportunity. What a, what a privilege it is for us to be in the mess, to be in the mess. Uh, um, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell this story and then I'll, I'll, I'll be done. Um, Actually, I'll tell the story, and I'll have one more story, and then I'll be done. Um, so I, at 2230, um, this is the house, house for the nations. It's, a, it's our space, Mass Ave. It's our desire to, to be a, a church that creates environments to reach out to those in the government off of Mass Ave. And so um, we discovered recently that there was uh, a plumbing problem in this facility, upwards of about $50,000. And everyone was scratching their head going, how are we going to fix this because we don't have $50,000 for, for plumbing. And um, one of our contractors, actually it was Elder Roy, he said, you know what, let's get the architect. Let's find him. The space had gotten re, re, uh, rejuvenated, renovated maybe like 15 years, years, years ago or so. And so he found the architect, brought him in. And he said, have you seen the door? And Roy's like, what door are you talking about? He's like, no, no, no. There's a door, the very, very bottom that you will probably miss. But if you open up that door, it will get you to the problem to help you fix it. We went to the door, opened up the door, realized you can go right to where the plumbing is and you can fix it for 1500 bucks. I mean, we saved like thousands of dollars because we had an architect who showed us where the door was so that we could go right to where the mess is to be able to fix it. Like, like, we, like we, we have an architect in this building that is being built that when I don't appreciate the way that somebody talks to me or, or, or now, now says something about my background or whatever it is, that now I have an architect that now wants to enter into the doors of my heart, open that thing up and go, no, no, no. let's bring peace into this environment, the resurrection life, so that I can continue to bind you together stone next to stone, burnt individuals made alive and new. Let me get those gloves. So how does this all work? These are my fire gloves. Look at that. These are flame-resistant gloves that have been made with certain materials that enable me to take my hands and go where my hands aren't supposed to go. What we've been reading is that there is a spiritual milk, spiritual house, spiritual sacrifices. Again, the consistency when you're reading the Bible, like what words repeat? Well, this word spiritual repeats. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that wants to stick his hand 
inside of our church to take it places that it's just not supposed to go. Fire resistant that now we are, are creating spaces through our own life but then enabling people to come alongside of us where the Spirit of God wants to, to shape us, to maneuver us, to grab things that are way too hot for us, to be able to, to move and, to, and to, to put out fires. Like these gloves allow me to go places that I'm not naturally allowed to go. I'm telling you, like this is what it looks like. Let me take these off. Although, you know what? I'm just aware of them. These... Like, this is what it looks like for us as a people to be fire resistant as we rush and run to one another. And, and I, man, here's, here's your next step. On Sunday, we're, we're having a small group. This is going to be a moment where, where all of our small, small groups are going to flood the foyer. And you have a moment, if you haven't rushed into community to allow for people to have access to your heart, to the secret places. That, man, this is, this is your moment to take an actual step to allow for the fire-resistant work of the Holy Spirit to take you new places. As you love the Word, as you love being formed, and as you love offering what you have as an acceptable sacrifice. You've been accepted, and now we have the privilege of being able to offer things like our body, offerings, our praise. Like, this is what Peter is saying this is the way that we not just survive, but thrive in the midst of heat. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing, who you are. Lord, we, we thank you that we um, have been made to be a fire-resistant people. Lord, we can't do this. We don't naturally even want this. But God, we are new creations that have new desires, and we commit our new desires to, the, to this new king. Lord, we thank you. I, th I just, I'm asking just with this theme of now being built together. Lord, I want to freshly commit my heart to being built together with this people. Lord, I'm asking that you would soften us to, to, to allow for us to be willing to be built next to people who have nothing in common except for you. Lord, I thank you that you are giving us a vision of the burnt parts of our lives. You want to use them. Lord, we honor you for what you're doing in this house. I believe you're pleased with it and you're gonna take us into new spaces as the heat in our culture gets hotter. You're gonna take us new places. We say yes to it. In your name we pray, amen.